Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast. Philosophy is a way of life that sales professionals and entrepreneurs practice with the purpose to make the world a better place from the customer's perspective. Today, I'm excited to welcome Marta Cristina, who is a luxury brand strategist and designer. Marta, thank you for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Carlos. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have a conversation with you today, a little bit about brand strategy, marketing, all those things that you specialize in. So let's kind of start with just telling our audience a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I am a luxury brand strategist. Like you said, I help my clients get super clear on who they are, what should people care, and why does it even matter? You know, we all could be doing a thousand things. You could be doing a lot of other things that you're good at, but for some reason you chose sales. So what I do is get super clear with them and why them, who do they work with, and what is their biggest differentiation. In a way, to me, branding, brand strategy is radical differentiation because we look at what is different, right? And I help my clients get super clear on their authentic, most unique assets and how can they show them and share them with the world. I believe that when founders share their heart and their origin stories, we fall in love with them. So I see my work as matchmaking from ideal clients to ideal companies because they're out there, both of them, looking for each other and they cannot see each other in the fog of you know communication. So what I do is build that bridge between them. And in the industry, I've been designing for 15 years. I've been in corporate luxury for 10. And two years ago, I decided to start my own practice. So I have my own brand consultancy. I have a team of seven. Congrats. And thank you. And I love building brands that are magnetic and that are very human and founder-centric. So I love telling the story of the founder because to me, when we tell stories, is how we connect. A hundred percent. You know, the storytelling is such a big part of uh, making an emotional connection with, with an audience because in a story, typically there's a hero on a journey, right? And there's the villain, the victim, the guide, and the, and the hero, usually the four elements of a, of a good story. And when someone's listening to a story, the first thing that they do is, how do I see myself in that position, right? And so when I heard you say, the foundation of your identity and your brand and your purpose and what you stand for and what differentiates you immediately. I thought to my journey in developing my brand. And the first thing that I did with, with a little bit of guidance, but just me kind of just sitting and thinking like, all right, what do I want to do before I quit my 15 year career and did my thing? I asked myself one question. I opened up an iPhone with notepad and I just asked myself, what are my skills? What am I good at? I started writing one by one. It took me like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And by the 30 minutes, I was just so focused. I think I had like 20. And then I had to really hone it down in, all right, what do I love? And what are these themes that I can use? And how could I develop a brand that way? I don't know if that's the way you do it, but I know that you have a probably a even more advanced and sophisticated way because this is what you do all day, every day. So I'm curious, I was looking through your website and you have this thing called a fire session. I think it has to do with developing a vision and correct me if I I'm wrong. I love or... that question. So to answer your first question was, I have a three-part methodology. I've learned it from a lot of my mentors from, you know, uh, Marty Neumeyer to Fabian Gayhalter to Chris to Anneli Hansen. And it's been really great because I've learned so, for so many people. And also in my master's, like 10 years ago, I did my master's marketing for luxury. Like I learn a methodology, but it's so different to, you know, create it and practice it. So I have my three-part methodology, which 
when we're building a brand, I say that we're building a human. So I start with the heart of a brand, which to me is a purpose. The reason that we're here beyond making money, your vision, your mission, like you were saying. The second piece for me is a brand soul or personality. How do you show up when you go to a party? Are you the funny one, right? That is cracking all the jokes. Or are you the very serious one? But when you open your mouth, it's like wisdom coming out and everyone wants to be around you mm. because of like the wisdom that you share. Or are you the very energetic one, right? That just makes people feel loved even when they have never met you before. So knowing that, and I tell my clients, putting on, putting it on on purpose, it really creates, you, you see this personality, this persona around your brand. And then the third piece, which is really important, is the positioning or mind of the brand. Who are your competitors? Who are your ideal clients? Where is your blue ocean? Where do you exist? The goal of positioning is occupying space in your clients and your prospects' minds. So when they think sales, uh, conversation, sales, like learn knowledge, they think Carlos. Like that's what we want to create, right? Like sales right. podcast, your podcast. Like that is uh, positioning. Like what yes. space do you want to occupy in a client's mind? So I do the three areas in my fire sessions are when people are not ready to jump in a like whole brand strategy intensive, which is 10 hours with me and, you know, very intricate. I offer fire sessions, which are 90 minute intensives where we focus on one piece of the puzzle. You know what, Martha, I actually want to refine my purpose to your point, or actually what I'm struggling with is my personality. I feel like I have a lot of personality, but when I go out there on Instagram, it feels very dry. It feels very boring why is my personality not coming out? So we focus on one of the pieces and they go with something actionable that they can actually do. And if they decide they want to continue the whole journey, we jump on that. But I love fire sessions because it's a taste of my work and they have a win to run with. That's really cool. And I love the way you call it fire session. You know, there's, there's passion, there's intensity. It can get hot in, in the, and it can get heated in the conversation. And you mentioned the three elements. Would you mind repeating them again? I think it was personality, positioning. Personality, positioning, and purpose. So the order I do purpose. it is purpose, personality, and positioning, or the heart, the soul, and the mind. Like we're Love that. Love that. When we go into the one that sticks out to me is personality. You and I are probably more extrovert than most, but we've got a lot of people who are really brilliant, but they maybe not have, you know, that outgoing personality. And so for folks who are maybe introverted or maybe have a fear of public speaking or whatever, doesn't, don't want to be in front of a camera. I'm curious. And I know that Chris Doe, who is a mentor of yours that you mentioned, and he's someone that says in his positioning, he's a loud introvert. And that journey of helping introverts come out of their shell and be comfortable in their own skin. So when you are faced with people like that, that have to be on that journey, what are some of the key things that you would say to people that identify with that, that they need to do to get themselves out of that comfort zone. I love that. I think for a lot of people, they feel like the extroverts, right, are the ones that are, you know, making the money and creating the businesses because it's kind of what the model of the leader we've usually seen. But I feel like to your point, Chris is a huge introvert. Like whenever he was sharing, you know, I had to position myself here in the in the room in between the bar and the bathroom because someone would stop me. I was like, oh my God. That has never gone through my mind. I love meeting new people. It's like drugs. I like nothing gets me more excited than a room full of new people. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, all the connections I'm going to make. And my partner is actually a huge introvert and he prefers to connect one-on-one -on -one situations with a lot of people. Like it's too much for him. We balance out each other so well. But I think 
there's brilliance and beauty in everyone's personality. Right. And I feel like that's why what makes Chris Doe so attractive for so many, right? Because of his, like, he's this character that I was mentioning earlier of he opens his mouth and it's just wisdom. Oh, I, right? Say like, no more. You learn every time you're in the room with him. And to your point, that was with him for three days. And I was like, mind blown. Like, what is one thing that he says that is not, you know, thoughtful? Versus me. I mean, I talk a lot, so I'm sure there's half of the things that we can remove, right? But I feel like leaning into more of who they are. I feel like sometimes we teach ourselves to make it wrong, right? That we're more quiet or that we are. And there's like people for every person. Like not everyone wants, you know, the extrovert as a coach or the extrovert as a guy. So when people identify with someone more like them, my partner was reading this book, Quiet. And like an introvert's way to kind of rule the world, something around there. And it showed about a lot of stories about quiet people that were in places of influence. So first you can be an introvert. You can be an introvert is not always shy, but you know, some introverts really don't love being surrounded by people because they drain their energy. I get right. energized by people. Exactly. But I think you, it could be your superpower. That's where I wanted to get to. Like lean into your strengths I feel like in school they taught us right to get better other things were not that great yeah I think the opposite I'm like these are my three things that I'm the best at I'm gonna lean into those and show up more on those because I rather spend time in my strengths and hire out my weaknesses than try to perfect my weaknesses I feel like in that the thing as an extrovert for me connection is really easy for me approaching people is really easy for me sales conversations come really easily Versus for someone that is an introvert, maybe it's another way of doing it. And how can you lean into, like, my partner's an incredible listener because he's an introvert. He prefers asking the questions. So knowing that, what can he do? And he's actually a mental health coach, which is perfect for his personality. But what can you do that those strengths are played with? To your point, like, get really clear on what you're really good at and lean into that. Yeah, that's great. Great insight. and to get you to transition into your own practice and decide to go, I'm going to go on your own. I guess, what have you learned, you know, in the world of sales, when you think about like core sales skills that you kind of know that you have them, maybe you were natural, maybe at having a conversation fearlessly in front of someone, but maybe there are some places inside of a conversation when you're, whether it's negotiating positioning or whatever skill sets you were like, God, I, I got to get better at this. What, were those things for you and you know if you can share with folks who are sort of in in a similar industry as yours or in a space where hey this is essential in the world of sales that you need to have when you're getting in front of prospects totally i think for me a big lesson was not trying to overgive. i feel like that's a very normal thing right that we're like if we're raising our prices we need to put all of these extra things or bonuses or more time or all this that's not true. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Thank right? you for that. Thank you for that. I totally connect with that. I sometimes feel, I don't know, maybe it's an early journey, but you know, I give someone a price and I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm pricing higher than maybe I think what I'm worth. And so I'm going to make it up by doing these extra little things so that the client can really, really like me. But what you don't really know is from the customer side, you're already providing so much value and you just need to believe in your value. So how yeah. did you get comfortable with that? Practicing, I feel like with my first biggest client, it was like a, a big, like it was double what I used to charge back then. And 
I was like about to give him my firstborn child whenever that <laughs> happened. You know, I was like, I want to give him everything. Um, it was not about that. He was so impressed about the process. That's another thing too. I feel like sometimes we only focus on the deliverables, right? Or the end results, especially as creatives. And I'm sure a lot of creators are going to listen to this. Clients also care about the process, about the journey that you're going to take them in. And I think those are all really cool things. But the biggest, biggest difference is shut up and listen. Like yes. that's what I learned as a business owner, as a person that I get two, three sales calls a week. I shut up and listen. I ask them, okay, why me? Why now? What's up? What's going on with your business? And I shut up and I let them speak. And I had a sales call, I think two, three weeks ago. And she started speaking and told me, this is what I need. This is what I want. I'm like, oh, you don't need me. You need, you know, a yeah. B2B business strategist. I have a person. I'll connect you. Exactly. And like, right. Not being greedy and just sticking to your lane as well. Right. Because sometimes yeah. when, you, when one tends to start, they kind of want to take in all the business that they can and figure it out. And then people will also appreciate when you just say, I don't do that. Honestly, I mean, I can learn and figure it out for you. But if you want the person who's going to do it for you, I've got someone that's going to guide you with that. I only do this, 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 and that. And I don't do this, 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 and that. And setting that up front in the conversation, just so that the prospect or the customer doesn't have the expectation that you're going to solve all of their business's problems. Exactly. And like, yeah, like listening and understanding. And if you see your service be a match, then I feel like a lot of people say this, but truly sales is service is like matchmaking. It can be a win-win situation. A lot of, especially creatives are scared about sales, putting themselves out there and you're doing the person a service. And actually yeah. another thing that I learned was that, like, I remember being so scared about sending a proposal after the conversation, even after they told me this sounds great. We had a verbal confirmation of the price. And I was like, I don't want to send it. What if they say no? You know, all this mind trash. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Why Why was that? I think is when I deeply admire people. Like, sometimes mm. that happens to me, right? Like, I, I'm thankful that I've gotten to work with a couple of industry leaders in their own industries that are people that are in their... I, most of my clients have been in business for at least 10 years. Uh, uh, some of them 20, 30 years. And mm. a lot of them have seven-figure businesses. And it's like scary sometimes. I'm like, who am I to X, right? That's another thing that came up. What I've learned is what I do is really valuable. And when I got to give them, it's something they have not been able to resolve. Thinking of that, I love one of my best friends. Uh, she's an incredible photographer and she has her own business too. And she said, every time you feel that way, think like, Yes, and this person may be a big shot, but they reached out to me because they want my services. Like, there's a reason they wanted to be in that call. And I think being reminded of that too was super important. So I would say the first thing was listen and shut up. As an extrovert, yeah. I could, you know, talk about a shit ton of things. I don't have to. It's not my job. My job is to listen and find that connection too. Like, yeah. your, to your point, stay in your lane. Learn to niche down for the love of yeah. God. <laughs> just get, do the things you you're comfortable and you you love doing right you like, love yeah yeah because yeah, then you're gonna do it with even more passion more love and the quality of the work is gonna come out phenomenal right don't try to do it just because maybe it'll land you the thing you want I mean, partner collaborate with others there's nothing wrong with sharing a piece of the pie that's abundance mindset right is knowing that there's enough for everyone there's enough of food and and, and pie for everyone to to enjoy
And you said something about listening, and I wanted to explore about that. Listening is very important, but I also think asking good questions is going to help you listen, right? And so I guess if you were to think of maybe two to three, this will be general. I know maybe in your space, you got to get a little bit more detailed, but what are like two or three like key qualifying questions to help you know this is someone for me or this isn't for me? Is it budget related? Is it scope of work related? Just curious. Absolutely. I think the first thing is um, why this, like why this project is important for you? Why now? And why me? I want to understand like that. Who, what is, who do they think I am? What do they think I do? And why do they see ourselves, like ourselves working together? And to your point, I feel like when you've done a good job in marketing and branding, then you are in this position to actually share those things before the call. So I had clients be on the call and, and that say, oh, because I want clarity on my mission and vision because I want this and I want that. Like, it's very cool when they're already jumping a sales call with that. Another thing for me, like, and I think for every service provider, you should have a list of the things that they need to have in place in order to be ready to work with you. But for me, a big one is, do you have a service or a product that is already working for you? Mm-hmm. Like my clients what do you have love proven, about yeah what do you love about what yeah. you currently have what don't you love about it I, that's usually one of the ones i i love to ask because then you're 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 kind of pointing out or at least getting them to say what their pain points are sorry sorry to cut you off you inspired me when you mentioned that well one one thing i could maybe talk a little bit about is you mentioned the questions why me why now why this and why this why right? this project and, and yeah. i want to just i want to i don't want to challenge what that, but I have been reading that when you're asking open the question, sometimes the word why, when you're starting a question could sound accusatory. Now, obviously your, your context is different because you, the way you're sourcing clients are through your Instagram, through your social, they kind of know your brand already. They they already know your personality. So they know what to expect with you coming off that way. And they probably know that I'm very direct. (laughs) But sometimes it's important to also kind of position something before you ask that, Hey, I'm going to ask you some questions. They're going to just help me best understand, you know, how I can best tailor my solution for you. So why this, why now? So would you say do you have to position something before you go into the, why this, why now, why me? Or do you just go straight up? Hey, nice to meet you. Why this, why now? <laughs> like, no, I, I build rapport and right. like we introduce ourselves. And of course I ask them like, um, Hey, like, I love to hear more. My first thing I say actually is, Hey, I love to hear more about your business and where are you at? Yes. And then I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, what do you want to rebrand? And what, like, what is the, the situation? And they mostly tell me, listen, like I had a a sales calls two weeks ago. And one person told me the government just hired me as a contractor and I don't want to lose my business. And I cannot call myself what I've been calling myself Mm. because I want to be doing that inside the company, inside the government organization so i need to find a new title and i need a rebrand and i'm interested in the strategy only i don't care about the design i already have it very specific a lot of my clients come to me that way i think again to your point because i do a a good job in preparing them for the conversation there's people that don't come like that and they just are open and they're like oh cool how do you normally work and i take them through the it we could work one-on-one this is my highest level of service we can go in a group i do four groups a year or you can watch my videos and learn from me this is like, what are you more interested in learning from? Yeah. And I, again, ask them, I think for me, it's about like, oh, cool. Like, can you tell me more about your business? And exactly. why did you book a call? Like just I, getting super curious. I, I be curious is 100%. And just 
with that opening the question, tell me about your business. They're giving you so many fun facts, like good facts about what you need to know. How big is their firm? How does their current strategy? What's their business model? Who is their ideal client? X, Y, Z. You're sort of taking that in and just in your head thinking about, okay, what could be some, some good ideas to position this customer's brand? I got a question about customers come to you and they want to redo, like reset their brand. Maybe they tried it a certain way. It didn't work. I'm curious. This happens a lot. There's a lot of do it yourself, right? Like people, I want to figure it out on my own. I'm going to go to YouTube. I'm going to go to Google and I'm just going to do it on my own. I can do it on my own. I'll figure it out. But then they realize it's not that easy. You do need a specialist that does this. What are like some of the biggest mistakes? I don't want to say mistakes, but maybe like bumps that they run into until they figure out I need you. Totally. I think honestly to a lot of people that are just starting out, especially on the service side, I'm like, do it yourself, dude. You don't need a pretty, you know, logo or like a thought through brand strategy, unless you come from 15 years in sales and you're just starting this new venture, but have the experience and know where you're going, then yes, hire me, hire an expert. If you don't have the thing that you're selling that you're loving, then don't hire me because what I would not want to see is you investing in me and then next six months you change your offer. And sadly that has happened once. Someone was insisting like, no, I'm ready and I'm good and I'm sure that this is going to do. And now she's switching things in her messaging. There's nothing wrong, right? Like brands are leaving, breathing things. But when I tell my clients they're ready is when they're, current look and feel and communication the messaging they put out there is bringing in the wrong crowd is not bringing yeah. in the right clients when they feel like the level of their work is here and people not seeing me is like up and the way that they look on the outside is down here right now that is costing them people are not trusting them so someone that is not trusting you won't buy from you and that is a disconnect and I had clients tell me the reason I'm here is because I want to look legit. Like right now I don't look Good. legit and I need to look legit. I don't sound legit. I want to sound legit. I want that the incredible, brilliant work I do behind the scenes is projected right now. That projection is not there. People are not seeing the magic. And this is like where my ideal client lives in this place where my work is freaking amazing. The world cannot see it because outside is a mess. And that's yeah. where I help them. That's great. That's wonderful. And I love that you mentioned clients come to you because they want to look legit. That's awesome. Because that's what, what that has, what that testament is of your ability to have the proof of concept that what you do has an impact and is legit. There was something else that you had mentioned. Uh, it just. About the question, maybe about the ask, what do we ask them or the, oh, you said about the, like the biggest mistakes from when they do it yourself or. No, maybe we'll come back to no. it. Let's transition. <laughs> let's transition into, I got a quote that you have put in a reel that I thought was yeah. phenomenal. And it's marketing is like asking someone out on a date. Branding is the reason they say yes from Ren Jones. What does that mean to you? Could you elaborate more? Absolutely. I love it. It, remi- like, it reminds me to my matchmaking, you know, uh, example of, or metaphor about branding. And I think marketing is a brilliant amplificator. A lot of people hate our marketing, but without marketing, you know, our message wouldn't be out there. What I say about what I believe in his quote is if you have a pile of poop and then you use an amplification method, you'll get a lot of poop, you know, distributed around the world. You're going to attract more poop. 
Yeah. yeah. And also like you're just mirroring everything with poop. So um, it won't help you. Marketing is brilliant to expand and, and you know, amplify a message. But brand is really what makes your customers look stay, want to interact. Why? Because with marketing, you put all of this, you know, beautiful ads in the world. When they click on an ad and go to your website and go to your Instagram or whatever you're hanging out, if whatever's there doesn't have that experience that they want, if it doesn't match with the really cool ad you put in the world, then they won't believe you. Then mm -hmm. you have to be lying somewhere, right? Either in the website or like lying on the Instagram or in the ad. Because if it's not the same, and I always tell my clients, it's not that you have to look the same everywhere, right? Like when I go to the beach, I wear a swimsuit. When I go to a Mexican wedding that they're very fancy, I wear a gown. I like all the Mexican weddings are black uh, tie. So I will dress very differently. I won't come in when a bikini and it's still me. So it's that. It's like, it's still your brand spirit, your brand soul, your brand's persona, right. but in a very, in a different place. So when they see you, they recognize you and they know it's you and that builds trust, like cohesiveness. 100%. And it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be like copy paste, but seeing the conversation, seeing the same human really brings uh, this trust. Again, like no, like trust. Yeah, there's familiarity too, right? Yeah, people, yeah. people feel comfortable in familiarity. So having some familiarity within your brand helps people kind of have more of a connection. They remember it. They saw something before, but it looks a little bit different. It's got a little bit of a surprise to it, but there's also familiarity. Yeah, and I feel like when you, when you really share these things, right? Share these stories is when people are like, oh my God, this is my person. Like I have a client that's opening a bakery in Tulum and he was like, you know, it's a sound commercial decision. That was his story about it. And I was like, nah, I don't buy it. We're going to dig deeper into this. And we started asking questions. Like he's like, you know, like they don't have good bread. I'm like, who the hell checks the bread? You know, restaurants. He's like, the area, the, like the Riviera Maya doesn't have the best bread. I'm like, He's like, yeah, I went to all these ex restaurants. The bread's not great. I'm like, who's stopping at restaurants checking bread? Just this guy. And then we <laughs> kept going and kept going. And he said, my favorite thing when I was a little boy in a tiny town in France was going to get my morning baguette and my evening baguette with my dad. I would hold his hand. I'll get the baguette and we will walk back home every morning and every night. And my dream as a five-year-old was becoming a baker one day so I could make that bread myself. Beautiful. My parents told me it was a very hard life. So I never went into baking. Instead, I went to hotel school, like hotelier. And he became one of the area managers of the, one of the biggest New York bakeries that was like grossing $100 million a year. And now he moved to Mexico and he's opening his first bakery. He might not be the you know baker, but he's this owner. And that little five-year-old is finally like realizing his dream. And yeah. that, like, now you want to go and buy bread and you haven't even oh, yeah. seen that is yeah. really good, you know? And like, that's the that process, right? The so that's magic. the science behind, like you said, the magic of pulling out those dreams, pulling out those key moments, those pivotal moments in life that marked that person's purpose. And then how do you then bring that into the story you're telling, the brand or the, mark, the way you market it so that it's compelling enough and it attracts the clients that you want? That's phenomenal. Thank you for, for that example. So um, I got my thought back about the yes. piece of setting expectations. One thing I really liked you hear, I hear you saying was you got to make sure that when your clients want to work with you, that they're committed to what they're going to do and not change their mind 
midway. Oh, no, that's not what I want anymore. So just so key to set that upfront expectation and say, look, if we're going to engage, because this is a big engagement, it takes a lot of time commitment from you and that you're sacrificing time to develop other business, you know, setting that expectation is so key as well as a, as a skill in a, in a customer conversation. So any brief thoughts about that, you know, how you became uh, really good at doing that upfront expectation? I think setting expectations on both ends. Like while you were speaking, I was thinking on the best feedback I've gotten from my sales calls was every time we, during the call and after I record a video recap of our conversation and I take them through the examples. So I actually take them behind the scenes. I show them, this is my framework. Like I, they have access to everything. They could see it. Like I show them, this is a board that we work on for the 10 hours. This is the exercises we do. I guide them through all of them. There's no, you know, yes, of course it's my framework and I work really hard on it. But that's like, I don't care sharing it because even if they took it without me, it wouldn't be the same. That's truly my belief. So I open my doors and I show them what's behind. So yeah. I take them through the process. Yeah. I show them two, three examples of results. Like this is the brown book. This is what happened. Right. Yeah. That's and nice. like, the, to, like, this is how we turned, you know, the framework that you're seeing here into this beautiful book from X person. And this is the impact it has had so far. So anyway, like, I think for me, setting that expectation of what they're getting and also asking them, like, where are you in your business? Another right. question, is it just like, is it only going to be you and me in the sessions? I'm like, yeah, or an, like, an assistant. But I'll, a lot of people have asked me if I lead the strategy sessions, which is a new thing to me. I realized that for me in the end, when they have enough information to your point about like the fire sessions, about the programs, about the intensives, the sales conversation is mostly uh, Q and A. It's mostly are are we a good fit to work together exactly. on both sides, yeah. and it's mostly yeah, like it's so. The more information they have from, the more I'm transparent with my presence on my website. Right. The more I'm transparent with that, the simpler the sales conversation is. It's pretty yeah. much like oh yeah okay right. cool like the last one I was like what was a painful bonus this okay a painful, yeah. and I was like yep. Okay. Yeah. Are we That's a fit? Happening. Basically, I know your reputation. Yeah. Are, are we a fit? Very good. Well, Marta, this has been truly valuable, awesome, incredible knowledge, wisdom, insight, experiences that you've shared in such a short uh, period of time. And I'm just so appreciative to have you on and, and learn from you. And hopefully our listeners will see the value. I know they're going to get value from what they listen to today. Uh, how can people get in front of you? You know, this is your moment to give us a little bit more about how people can work with you. Absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. I'm excited to talk about sales with you, which is your thing. They can find me on Instagram. I hang out there with at Martha Christina, Martha with an H, Christina with no H because Mexican. They Orale. can also find me at, <laughs> at MarthaGarza.com, D-A-R-Z-A.com. And also I hang out on Facebook too. So if you want to go find me on Facebook, at me as a friend. I mostly am there for my business too. I am very approachable and I love to connect with anyone that's uh, working on their sales process. And Last question. That at it. Dime. What's your favorite thing to do in New York? I know you hang out there a lot. <sighs> a lot of things, but my favorite favorite is right now skating by the water. I took back rollerblading Ooh. after 20 years about not, from not skating. <laughs> it's coming back. I have a feeling it's coming back. Yeah, I think so too. And I've gotten faster and better and I do it by the pier. I live in front of a pier. It's beautiful. So mm. I live right by the water and walking by the water is the most relaxing thing in the world. So that 
staying connected to nature. Fantastic. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on today. It's been a pleasure. And I hope I can invite you back to the podcast because you've got so much great value that you bring uh, to the conversation. And as you continue growing and blowing up in your space, uh, I'm curious just to see uh, your journey and how you become bigger and famous. I hope you don't forget about me. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you don't forget about me when this podcast blows up. Never, so never. Much. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening in. And until next time.